What's up, Locker May Babes? I am your host, Rianne, and you are tuned into a episode of Girls Locker Room. So, I know it's been such a long time since I recorded, and oh my God, y'all, <laughs> I am so happy and nervous to be recording right now because it's literally been two months, and I have never intentionally took, I mean, unintentionally took a break like this like at all and I am you know very sorry to all my supporters and the people who support me and listen to the show regularly I'm so sorry I know this is like a pushback but I'm back and uh I just want to have a really candid episode about what's been going on uh what I've been doing for the last two months and why I haven't really been here on the show doing much for the show but I've been on social media so um I'll get into that but right before I do that I just wanted to get into some very short short check-in updates and this is probably going to be a rather short episode just because I want to give you guys a candid honest truth about what's been going on so let's get into these check-in updates shall we so I am in a new industry which I used to want to be in when I was younger but I got into medicine and was like, yeah, I ain't gonna do that no more. So I am now in bar life. And you know what? I'm having a great time. So I am currently residing in St. Louis. And there is this bar that's new. It's called Up Bar. It's a new rooftop down in Midtown. Uh, for those who stay in St. Louis locally, it's um, right, in that, uh, right at the edge of Central West End in the beginning of the Grove. So it's a it's, um, beautiful rooftop. It's a great chic little feel beautiful patios and uh, just great drinks great cocktails and i'm not just saying that because i work there because i actually visited the bar as a customer before i actually became a server and it was the cocktail was so pretty i had something that was called a butterfly tears and y'all if you love tequila i can promise you butterfly tears is so good my mom had something called the passion project which had vodka in it, and it was amazing so as I'm sitting here and I'm looking and I'm like feeling the vibe and the ambiance, I just asked the manager over the entire bar. And I was like, do you need servers? And he was like, yeah, here's the link. And my drunk ass went home that same night. And when I say I was drunk, baby, I was drunk. And I took my ass home, laid on my couch, filled that application out and got an interview two days later, was hired on two days after that. It was amazing. I was um, offered, well, not two days later, I was offered a a chance of employment right on the spot of my interview um, which was amazing because I've never been a server but my manager calmly stated I can teach you how to serve I can't teach you how to have personality and baby y'all know I got that in abundance so that was fun um it's been it's been kind of a challenge to have duality between hospitality and medicine and having hospitality in bar life two different things um especially when you're at a bar who is in the grove and if you know anything about bars in the grove they're not the friendliest they're just not um and that's and it's and as i work in the bar scene it's i understand why drunk people be getting beside themselves so i mean it's a really really fun bar so if you need something new something new to try while you're visiting st louis or if you stay here please check out a bar i mean it'd be great if you come on a day where i'm there i'm usually there on the weekends um, you can come party with me. 
and we can talk. So, but yes, that's where a part of my lack of content has came from is me adjusting to having that new job. I can say me having that new job has slowed me down from having to do like my delivery services and stuff like that. So I'm glad I kind of got the opportunity to do that because maybe I was getting tired of doing that. It was putting extra wear and tear on a brand new car that I bought and it was no need to even go down that route. So I'm excited to see where this takes me. I've met some amazing people. Um, I've made some connections from working there, re, um, reunited with old co-workers, and it's, it's just been fun. So that is been where I've been for uh, the last couple months is just adjusting to being a server in part life. Um, so yeah, that is my check-in updates, and let's get into the tea of Rianne, okay? So last early May... I had decided to end a relationship that at one point made me super happy. It was a different pace for me when it came to relationships. It wasn't something that I was, you know, used to. And I want to give this forewarning before I go diving deep into it. When I give the details of what I've been through, you're definitely going to say, well, Jazz, well, Rianne, However you want to view me, this is very bare minimum. The bar is in hell, but I've learned you got to walk through some things. When you when you put yourself in a bad situation, you got to walk through them and come out on the other side and like learn your lesson. So just bear with me while I tell my story, okay? So I was, I met this guy a year ago at the beginning of the pandemic and we hit the ground running and um like i feel like most pandemic relationships did um they just either hit the ground running or they stopped at a halt completely and so we we kind of moved in a way that was just way too fast and i kind of knew that going in that it was just way too fast but it was so it was so much passion it was so much fun it was so new for me now as a child in high school i've had you know, little cute relationships with someone where it was very sweet that I was, you know, doted on and all of that other stuff. But as an adult, I had never had that. I had always been the one over, over spilling my cup and giving more. And typically it's not just in romantic relationships. It's also in my platonic friendships as well. So it wasn't outside of my realm of like dealing with a situation or a relationship like that. So it just, to me, it was normal. So I meet, I meet this beautiful man. <laughs> as much as I can't stand his ass now, I cannot take that away from him. Met this amazing looking man. And he's just something I'm not used to, you know. Um, like I said, some of this stuff is just very low ball, but it's my walk. So I'm not used to someone not being argumentative when you tell them how you feel. Not used to someone being like having to sit me down and go, look, I know something bothering you. You're trying not to tell me and that's not going to work. So the communication was like different from my other ones. Um, I had a couple other situations where it was very combative or it was very dismissive when it came to talking about my feelings. So naturally, after a while, you just shut down. You just don't do that. And that's how I was in the beginning of our relationship. And... That was new for me, having somebody to communicate, having somebody that was very sweet and, you know, 
letting me relax for a little bit, right? So that was all in the beginning. Um, and even with that, he was a very big encourager. Like, he was, he was around throughout the whole progression of the show. I probably did three episodes before I met him. And so he knew this was a dream of mine. And boy, you want to talk about a group of people that supported me. It was my mom, my dad, my cousins, my sister and brother, um, a few friends, and him. And he was one of the loudest voices. Not the loudest, because my no one's louder than my parents. But he was one of the loudest voices that made sure, A, I noticed you ain't, you know, what's going on? You got some, you you got, you blocked or something? Like, what's what's going on? Why you not pushing out stuff? Or that was amazing. Or I'm going to get out your way so you can get your business done. You know, stuff like that. Like, he would never try to get in the way of me progressing in a career that I wanted to be in. And um, then things started to come out that was just, you know, certain things would come out. And I'd be like, you know what? Really no big deal. You know, we still in the beginning stages. We'll figure this out. You know, women calling or exes popping up and female friends calling and being disrespectful and going through lines and shit they shouldn't be going through. And like I said, naturally for me, because of relationships that I had been in before, I just didn't say much. I just was like, you know what? It'll be, it'll, I'll say something eventually. But right now I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I just don't want to create a combative zone. So I was so tired and being in one of those situations where, you know, you, you let somebody know what you see them doing and it becomes combative. And again, this was not just in my romantic relationships. So in my mind, I was just like, you know what? I don't feel like it. I didn't got to this point of calm and I'm going to keep it there. So a lot of the stuff that I went through with him, small or big, I feel like I can take a point of accountability in the fact that I kind of was quiet about it. And and people who know me on a regular day life going to be like, wait a minute. I actually had a friend like that during the time being. She'd be like, wait a minute, where is my where is my girl who who going to get you together for being disrespectful? Uh, why you not saying nothing again? And it, it would confuse people around me because I'm not the type to be demure at all when it comes to being disrespected. Even an ex of mine uh, who we we have these times where we check in on each other was checking in on me. And I was I would tell him little tidbits and he'd be like, you had the worst mouth with me. Where it go? You know, like and I think it's because I've learned of this person's past. Um, I've learned of his indiscretions. And I just, I don't think I wanted to bring an ugly side out. So I just, you know, kept everything on the low low, everything chill, everything really calm and stuff. So, but through the bad, that was really a good friend, you know. Um, I was starting to come out of my shell a little bit. Like, let's be honest, we all have a mask that we wear. We all have like a facade that we put on. And we don't really want people to know who we truly are, what we truly dealing with. And for me, it's being completely who I am. And my dad will, will, will say, like, I'm scared to be as amazing as I am. And there's some truth to that. It's not that I'm scared to be exactly who I am. I'm scared of what can be done to me because I am who I am. I've already seen it. I've already went through bits and pieces of it. So I never like to do that. And I can say I was for the first time. In a, in a relationship 
with someone or a situation, however we want to describe it, because we really weren't committed to each other, other side part, and he was staying with me. It was it was just a mess. Listen, um, but we was in this situation, and I had somebody that was cheering me on to be me. That he would sit back and be like, "You're not being you. What's going on?" And then little bits and pieces of me would I would be like, "Okay, be more comfortable." be more comfortable um you know with who you are with this person and with the world and so it was easier to do that with somebody that was being supportive so again a lot of stuff that i just had not experienced as a grown woman what i was starting to experience even though it came with some major red flags and as a woman who just went through something that she should have never been th- been in period I'm I'm going I'm going to be loud about this point. You cannot ignore red flags. Even if you're like, you know what, everybody got their indiscretion or everybody, you know, got an ex that they got laying around. Uh uh uh. Nah. It's certain things you just cannot turn your eye on, especially because it is over three hundred million people on this country, on this land in this country, and I can promise you, it's a lot of men out there. Throw one away. And I don't mean that, like, throw them away like they not, you know, they not, they don't mean anything to you. But when it gets to the point where it's too many red flags, it's okay to move on. It's okay to walk away. But I think I stayed and was connected to it so much because, again, certain experiences I just, I had never got as a grown woman. I had never been with people who were supportive and wanted me to do my own thing. I've had exes who were supportive but always added themselves in the equation. And it was always like, I I don't want to do that career change with you in it, or I don't want to make this move with you in it. I don't want to go on this trip with you there. Like, you know, I've ne- I've never been there where somebody was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm not, I'm not intruding. Like he would jump on an episode every now and again when I would ask him to, but it was never like at a point where he'd be like, all right, we about to do this episode or I'm about to come in and bombard you in this episode. Nah, it was never like that. Um, it's never like that at all. So it was new to me. Again, a lot of things were new to me. But the friendship in the midst of in the midst of the situation we had going on was was probably the best thing for me. So speed up some time and I'm getting fed up with a lot of stuff. I'm getting fed up with the lack of ambition. I'm getting fed up with the talking and not really wanting to do anything. And I you know, you you got people out here I like to call them talkers. And I, I got a couple around me friend and romantic and they just talk you know they just like to hear themselves say they gonna do certain things and they never do it and I was getting fed up with that I was getting fed up with how much oh, I'm gonna do this for you we're gonna fix this and we're gonna get this together we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and it was getting old because nothing was coming from it or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that and and like I said nothing was coming out of it at all like it was just it was just a stop on ambition for him. And he was just getting fed up. And then things became chaotic. More arguments ensued. More, you know, women came around. Women was coming to my home. It was just too much. And I had asked him to leave a couple times. And this last time that I asked, it got to a level of physical. Um, nothing too crazy, nothing bad, uh, but enough to be a violation for me. Anybody will tell you who knows me, I do not play with, I do not play with putting your hands on people's kids. And I, and that includes women for me. I don't play that. I don't get in men's faces. 
I don't poke. I don't, you know, I don't push. I don't mush faces. I don't do any of that because I was already raised and forewarned. Every man ain't raised the same. Some was not raised to hold it in and just take it. Some people, mamas, really raised their sons to be like, she put your, her hands on you, hit her ass back. Um, you know, and I wholeheartedly agree you should keep your hands to yourself. And so when it got to the point of pushing and, you know, mushing and stuff to me, it was like, what the fuck? I don't disrespect you in this manner. And at that point, I realized, okay, all the love from my end was only just from me. It was not from you because you went too far. And so everything around that kind of like was done. So, of course, I asked him to leave, um, got all the things out of my house. We had been sharing a home for a year. So that was hard. And I think initially when I do anything, when it comes to breaking apart and not having a relationship, I go into overdrive mode of hustle. Every time I'm going to overwork, I'm going to get this money. I don't have time. I don't I can't sit around and be sad. I got to do what I got to do. And I went into that mode. Um, like I said, I got a new job. I was still Ubering. I was still Postmating. I was still trying to clean up this mess because I was making sure this person was so good. I was helping. I was making sure he was standing on his feet. You know, I'm like, okay, we still in the midst of this pandemic. But then it got to a point where it's like, we're we not in this pandemic no more. Now you now you actually leeching off of me. And we would have conversations. You got to help more. You got to help more. And help never came. And it was frustrating the people who loved me, the people who were around me, the people who were helping. And I was starting to lose things like certain things that was falling away from me probably should have already been gone. So I wasn't worried. But um, other things I was like, oh, my God, this this can't be this can't be it. You you're kind of kind of messing up the life I built for me. So um, when it got destructive like that, I went into a mode of just work and. I didn't really want to talk about it. Uh, I cried about it for a couple of days because I just could not believe me being in a situation like that. And I know no woman finds herself in that situation because she deserved it by any means. But I, when I say I had, I had to kind of be like, how in the fuck did I get here? How did I get into a situation where somebody is literally violating me to no end and putting their hands on me? How did I get here? And um, it was sad. I think I cried for me a few times. I cried for the the woman in me that was just like, this not this not me. Like, I don't, I'm not weak. I'm not, you know, I'm not dependent on anybody. I really get everything that I got. I am going to go out here and make my ends meet regardless. I'm going to try everything that I can do to make sure I'm still going. And I just could not for the life of me believe that I was sitting in a situation where I felt like I was weak. I felt embarrassed. Like that was probably the most embarrassing feeling of my life, like to be in a situation. And no, it was just me and him at the house. It was no one else was around. Um, I wasn't bruised up or anything, but I think in that moment, I was like, I'm falling so far away from my mountaintop and I allowed you to bring me here. And I think after I cried for myself and I was so disappointed and like where I ended up, I kind of shut down. Um, 
you know, again, and for any woman that's out there, I know we don't get to that point of a person losing their mind because we deserve it. But you don't have to stay there. And I had told myself, there is no way in hell you coming back around me. Not no way. I mean, even down to when he would come get his stuff, I would make sure I was gone. If he said he was going, I'm stopping by to get something. Oh, okay. But I made sure everything was out my house. Like there was no even no need for you to even come in my house. You you can come on my porch, come grab your stuff and go. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to keep it at that, that level. I have not spoken, seen, heard from this young man since everything happened two months ago. And I want to keep it there. Uh, because like I said, I just could not believe I was sitting in that situation. I couldn't believe that somebody that I had created this great friendship with, this great um, level of like safety became unsafe, like became destructive like that. And I just knew like as much as I had been through, as much as like the helping and not getting the help in return, the, the women, all of that, all of that stuff, I can't go back to that. You know, it's like letting you down twice. And I think that's kind of why I went into this mode of being like, oh, hell no. Nah. Let me get this money together. Let me be straight. Let me get back to what I do personally so I can remind myself, ain't nobody about to come around and do this shit anymore. And excuse my language, but I, like I said, it's a very candid episode. And this is my actual thoughts. These were literally what was going through my mind. And I, and I, wish, I wish my mom was comfortable enough to be on the show because she could tell you, like, I had told myself told her how embarrassed I need a minute how embarrassed I was how ashamed I was and how like downright disgusted in myself a little bit that I was because I have never I mean none of my exes as bad as my mouth can be sometimes they have never crossed the line and put their hands on me and for me when you decide to put your hands on me you do not love me you do not care for me you do not respect me because that you know for me anybody around me knows I do not play with physical anything and that's for romantic and platonic relationships I have cut a dear friend of mine off who has been my friend since childhood away from me for even suggesting that she was going to put her hands on me I do not play well with violence. I just, I'm not, that's not me. It's never been me. Um, I didn't grow up in a, I didn't grow up in a setting with violence. I didn't grow up in a setting where my family was putting their hands on each other. I just didn't grow up in a traumatic space like that. So when it was done to me, I was like, how did I, how did I allow this person to see that being something that he could do to me? Was it the, you know, the allowing of, of certain mess to go on without speaking was it me not being as you know much of a stand-up person for myself like I had so many nights where I would question why did I get here or how did I get here and why did this end up happening to me and I think at one point when I became numb it became on this I gotta work I gotta work I think I finally sat there and said you know what no it wasn't you it was not you at all. It doesn't matter what you allowed to happen. That should have never happened. He knew that. You've never made it a point to even be that that aggressive, anything like that. You never even created an aggressive space around him to even be that way. So, no, it was nothing that you did. You didn't deserve anything. And then again... If you follow me on social media, you know, I had a couple moments where I kept reposting old things, 
where I kept reposting old things. I kept saying stuff on my stories and my, you know, my timeline, like I'm tired of the dark side or I am this type of woman and I'm going to be cocky about it. It's because that's how I had to get myself out of that rut a little bit to be like, hey, you, you really are that girl. You really do things for you. No man, no boy, no nothing can tell you that anything that you have, God, is because of him. Nobody is able to say that the creations that you have created was behind no man. Like, I had to actually tell myself, this one right here, it's going to be a distant memory, but you got to keep going. And so that's where I got it. And I got into my mode of being like, All right, I'm about to fix what I broke from my end. And I know I didn't break this on my own. I didn't break my own spirit. I didn't, you know, this wasn't something that I did alone. So I had to fix that. And when I noticed that I was fixing it, I would try to do an episode here. I would try to do an episode there. I would try to record. I would try to do my topics in the car. I would try to do all of that. And it just it wouldn't, it wouldn't fit. And I think it was because I was trying so hard to keep this facade up, not like, you know, acknowledge that my feelings were hurt. I didn't acknowledge that it was all about me. It was all about how did I get here? How can I fix this? How can I fix my image? And, you know, even though no one knew this was going on, like this is the first time I'm telling anybody outside my personal circle what happened. And I think it's because I didn't want to keep reliving that moment, even though it wasn't bad to the point where I'm in the hospital, bruised up, anything like that. It just was still a bruise to me emotionally. And it wasn't until I was like, why can't I? get my content back where it was why can't I why can't I just get back to you know me pushing out good stuff like I, nothing was sounding right even my videos that are on Instagram they started to sound more like the same and you know really cookie cutter just not me and I love again I love the family that I have I know I said this before in another episode but I have the type of family that's gonna bring it to me and be completely real and the person that usually brings that to me is my dad. So I'm sitting with him one night and he like, nah, you need to address the fact that your feelings are hurt. And I said to him, I don't have time for that. I don't. I don't have time to sit and wallow in the fact that my feelings were hurt. And that I feel like I lost something that I considered to be beautiful. Um, love that I had, that I still have. As much as I, like I said probably don't ever want to see his face, hear his voice ever again, but I still love him. I, that, that don't go away, like, you know, as quickly as I wanted to, and it's a frustrating point, and I think me doing this episode, I kind of was scared to do it, because one, it's me being vulnerable. It's me allowing people to see that I'm still human, um, that I've, I've made a mistake. I've, you know, ignored my judgment that I rushed into stuff too fast, all of that. And I know a while ago I did a, I said a little snippet in a video, in an episode, I believe it's the one that, the last one I did. Um, I, I promised myself my last five years of my 20s going to be selfishly for me, learning me, learning what I do and do not want, and putting me first. And um, I hate that I had to go through what I went through to even learn that lesson, but I'm a firm believer in believing that God going to keep turning up that lesson. Every time you don't listen, it's going to get worse and worse until you start to listen. And I feel like my lesson was quit putting you behind everybody else. See what putting you behind does to you. And I was already starting my year off with like 
you know, just not the greatest. Like the first six months of this year has been hard. Um, it's been hard um, with all my different relationships. Some have been easier. I've been understanding my family a lot more, um, but understanding me a lot more, trying to understand more genuine connections and being able to step out my box. But I think this one kind of rocked me a little bit harder because it was, I shared a lot with this person. I shared a home, you know, I shared a lot of memories. We went out a lot. We talked about a lot. We made a lot of connections. Like we, we just, it was a lot going on in this relationship and to have it end the way it ended, it was just, it was just not, it was just horrible the way it had to end. And I hope, and even with me understanding that he went too far and he violated, I still hope because it's the type of person I am. I'm not an ugly soul by any means. And I mean this from my heart and I'm pretty sure he's probably listening. I do not wish bad on him. I wish healing on him because I know where he come from. I know where his trauma come from. I know where his, his ugliness come from. And it's just a baby that didn't deserve any of the treatment he got as a child. And I'm hoping that he is able to find whatever he needs to find to help him get out of whatever state of mind he's in to even get to that point. And to the other women he's done this to before, because I knew about it. Um, I knew about it because of my mom. I knew about it because of him coming from his own mouth. I, like, I apologize for even thinking that I would be different. Um, thinking that I was, a, I was a step above what you went through. This is including the mother of his kids. I hate that y'all even had to experience a little bit or a lot of that monster in him. Um, and any woman that's going through something with a monster, with somebody that you love and you don't know how you, how you love something like that or you don't know how you walk away from something you love like that, you walk away, period. You walk away from it. It's not going to get better. Um, and I'm going to tell you why it's not going to get better because this fool was the one to tell me this himself. When you let a man do it once and you let him come back after that one time, he ain't going to never stop. And that came out of his mouth before he even turned and got physical with me. And so I'm telling you from a woman who had to hear it from the horse's mouth, had to hear it from the monster's lips, you have to move on. You have to go. You have to leave. It, I know it's hard. I know even if, if you weren't sitting in a, in a thick of something, it seems hard and it seems like you don't have no way out, but I'm telling you, you have to go. Um, it's not your fault. Even staying is not your fault. It's just something that you, you know, love speaks before anything else. And I just hope we, that you find healing and you find a way to get out of that. And you find a way to, you know, pour so much love back into yourself. And I'll be honest, I used to hate, hate hearing people tell me I did not love myself because it's me we talking about. It's jazz. Like, I definitely love the skin I'm in. Um, I have my issues sometimes. I have my dark days, but I definitely love me. I wouldn't trade me in for the world. I wouldn't ask God to redo me at all. But I understood where people was coming from because if I had a full cup of love in myself, I wouldn't have been through half the things I've been through with them. Despite that physical, because I'm not going to put that on me. But the other stuff, the women, the arguments, the the feeling like I had low self-esteem, the feeling like I wasn't enough when I was the the moment in the entire relationship that I was 
something he was trying to, what my level of me was, was something he was trying to obtain. So you just got to get to that point where you pouring it all back into you. And you got to like let yourself know that you, it's, it's so many more people out here. It's so many more men out here. It's so many more opportunities out here. It's so much beautiful things to see, even if you're by yourself, because that's, that's the tip I'm on. I'm not rushing this at all. I have, you know, I have a, a empire to create, um, which is why I'm back here being as vulnerable as I can be, because I don't want you guys to think that I've let this go, because I have not. This is my passion. Um, like I said, if I ain't experiencing it, I ain't talking about it. That's just not me. That's not who I am. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that piece and let y'all know that we are, sometimes we are human. We go through things and we, we get a block and I'm just tired of mine because that's not what I'm used to. I'm used to creating. I'm used to being able to push out beautiful things and I wasn't able to. So I, this helped a lot and I'm hoping that I'm helping somebody else. I'm helping another woman. I'm helping another man. If you are a man going through this, I promise you, all you got to do is leave. That's it. All you got to do is walk. I was so, I think a lot of times that I wanted him to leave, I was more scared of what reaction I got that day that I didn't ask him to leave. I'll be honest. It was probably a fear because I knew his past and I knew the type of demented mind he got when he's upset. But I'm telling you, you got to get out of that. You have to. It's not going to get no better. It's just going to get more draining and draining. And they're not going to see their wrongs in it. They'll know they're doing something wrong, but they don't care. They're getting off easy. So, and to lighten the mood up a little bit, I think music is very healing. So, we still going to have a a um, a music session, a jam session for this episode. And the, the music and the people that I listen to to make sure I was still up there and still feeling like myself and still feeling like I was important, of course, was Meg. Um, Meg was definitely it for me. Meg for me being able to be somebody that's not in the norm anyway who's tall natural body darker complexion full figured and still being everything that who she is speaks to me on a different level i know everybody love their artists they favorite artists for that reason but she is really that for me like she is really that type of artist that allows me to remember i ain't standing in and i don't need to so I definitely listen to her time and time again, old stuff, new stuff, and I, I love her to death, and that kind of got me through my days. Chloe and Hallie, of course, because their voices just, their voices are just healing, period. Um, Baby Girl, to be specifically, is a good song that kind of helps me out. Um, who else did I listen to? There's a beautiful R&B artist named Asian. I already spoke about her, but that made me feel sensual again, because that part of me was also lost, because at a point... There was nothing there intimately either. So I was feeling down about that. So a lot of music for me kind of helped me get through these last two months. But I will say that I am definitely back. Um, I'm back on the weekly tip too. Yeah, I missed I missed doing this. I missed my locker mates. I miss being able to cut up and, you know, talk about things on here. So with that being said, I just wanted to be very candid and very like open about where I've been what's been going on and why I haven't been able to connect um again I do feel like I kind of let myself and you guys down with me taking yet again another break so with that being said I am back like I made action is back on it girls like Rome is back open 
it's back on this thing every Wednesday. And I, I, y'all, y'all really are the reason why I'm coming back. I know it's not like a lot of listeners, but the few that I have and the few that have reached out to me and told me how amazing the show is for them. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, I appreciate so much support I've been getting on social media anyway. To my family, I I appreciate y'all all the time. So I am back <laughs> to wrap all of that up. I am back and I sign off with love and I thank y'all for listening.